It's time for the movie rating. Tonight's victim is actor Ken Segos that played in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. Hello. Hello, how are you, Mike? What's going on, man? Because you got some new stuff happening. Yeah, I got a couple of new things going on around here. Yeah, excited about it. Now, you're not just an actor, but you also do writing as well as directing. Yeah, I'm a writer and a director as well, you know, as a stand-up comic, if you must ask. Oh, hell yeah. So, I mean... Have you played in, uh, or I should say, direct uh, a whole lot of independent films? No, I've directed one, and mostly it's been shorts and a lot of uh, stage plays is uh, what I've been focusing on as far as a director. But I'm hoping to get into independent film directing. In fact, as a matter of fact, I hope to be directing my first indie um, in the latter part of next year, 212. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Now it seems uh, when it comes to the independent or even the shorts, uh, do you prefer to pretty much be independent or would you actually consider going to a company eventually? I kind of like independent because then you're not bound by certain categories and certain things that maybe the studio would want to see a studio say that you can't do or something like that. And I think you have a little more freedom when you go independent. Mm-hmm. Um but it all depends on the story. If you're directing, you know, or go it's a feature film, you have a little more leeway. But if it's for television, it's, you don't have that much leeway. Yeah, with TV, it's almost almost identical as far as working in film. But with TV, it's just it seems to be a lot longer compared to film. I mean, you could to, you could shoot like a couple months. But with TV shows, you could shoot a whole year, try to get at least, what, more than 35, 50 episodes? <laughs> yeah, I think, you see, with TV, particularly episodic, you you have really, uh, if it's a, a one-hour dramatic piece, you really have seven days to shoot that. Um, if it's a sitcom, you have four to five days to shoot it. So the turnover is very quickly. Now, it may take a whole year to shoot the uh, episodic the series for the episodic for that year but uh, for TV it's a quick turnaround if it's a movie of the week it can be anywhere from I, I remember the two movie of the weeks that I did it was a 21 day shoot on both of them we shot that whole thing in 21 days hmm yeah it just seems it just increasingly grows longer and longer but as far as going back to the independent it does give you leverage in a way, but it also going to company, of course, the money might be a little bit better, but again, you're, you're restricted doing what you want to do. Yeah, it, it really all depends on the, uh, the project, and it depends on you know how much faith that the, the, the executive producers or the company have in you. You know, and you know if you're stepping outside your realm of doing things, I happen to believe that you know, no, my realm is. Is believe it or not, more popular for horror and comedy. But I think my realm as my realm as a director is more dramatic. Yeah, it just depends. I, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, everything is negotiation. Everything is, you know, talk and feeling and being creative about something. <laughs> And of course, uh, when it comes to writing it, uh, you submit it, but then it ends up being either completely changed or rejected, and not you know being told about it. <laughs> yeah, but there are very few writers. Very few writers will tell you that you know what they actually wrote, and sometimes, particularly in a series, 
screen is two different things. At one, I used to be a staff writer, and I can tell you, I mean, and this is how I explain it for writers as far as being a staff writer. You just imagine yourself um, having an operation, and, you, you know, you know you got several doctors around you operating on you, but you have one major doctor but you have several other doctors or surgeons that's operating on you as well. And that's what it's like in the um, episodic uh, television. You have a bunch of writers writing and trying to improve their, st- their story. Usually, for me, you know, the mm-hmm. writer, the head writer that wrote that episode, chances are they go through all this crap of rewriting and rewriting and it usually end right back up for the writer who wrote it the first time. Yeah, sometimes you might think that you could get a little bit uh, as I said, back back to leverage again. It's like, well, it might be okay to do TV series and get the pay, but again, it goes right back to film. It's like, well, now I can't do it. Now I got uh, a company that except it's like you said, episodic. <laughs> yeah, it just it's what you like. I I happen to be one of those artists that like writing and I like my work, and you know, and you know, certainly. I'll be a fool to say if money was not that important. Oh, uh, but I but I certainly like to work. That's the first thing for me. No. Yeah. Uh, of course you got to make a living somehow. I mean if you did it for free, how the hell would you live? <laughs> no. He <laughs> doing every everything for free and you know he would just wouldn't get anything in life out of that. What kind of enjoyment? You got to get some cash out of it, not not to be greedy or anything, but there are greedy actors, greedy directors out there. But there's greedy in every field. There's always a greed in every field, regardless of what it is. You got even modeling. Come on, <laughs> greedy in every field and cheerleading. <laughs> every every field, but then is it a little? Is it harder for you to start breaking it back into television, or are you going pretty much with uh, film for a while? I. It's hard in this business overall. Oh, of course, but it's so you know it's, it's it's you know I just back when I was really hot, you know, and you know I'm still I I would like to believe that I'm still quite recognizable today, but you know you know those casting directors back from the '90s, you know, um, they are. Antiques now, per se. Yeah. And you got these new uh, casting directors in there. You got these new producers in there, you know, with these new ideas. You know, I remember the first script that I wrote. You know, I wrote it for myself. As a young man, it was falling in love with this lady, young lady. And I think it was a beautiful story. But mm. now, <laughs> I have to play that young man's father. <laughs> it's like, well, shit, you know, how come I get this and when I wrote this part? Why not? <laughs> yeah, no, so, it, but it, it's, it's really funny. I was at a horror convention recently, and we was talking about, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, the, the movie, and they were saying, well, what if they do a remake? Would you be in it? <laughs> Who the hell am I going to play? You yeah. Know? You know, I can't play Ken Cain again. Yeah, there's but, no way, dude. Your character's gone. What? what, what? Gone, but, you know, but if they were going to do a remake, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, 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 which I thought would be a good idea, they brought all of us back. Yeah. They, the father, you know, the parents of those children, you know, uh, 
to drink water. I thought that would be a good idea. So, and it would work. So, yeah, if it was, if you were in the remake, uh, maybe not your original character, but if you were to play, like you said, with with playing as a parent or something, have like a cameo thing, like what they did with Donald the Dead. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. No problem, but uh, you, you, your character wouldn't have any real resemblance in that film because this is supposed to be a remake of the of the first one. Oh, where the hell did this guy come from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know, you have to look at those things from, like I say, for what for what they're worth. Yeah, but of course, you also got to move on to it on certain projects and uh, like Nightmare because. It is a most iconic film in the world and in history, but there's also some equally just as good opportunities for you too. Yeah, I mean you're not just from that film; you've got other stuff going on that you can still be credit to the name. You don't have to be some old dinosaur and just not exist. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean it's just nobody what... think about that to people bring it up. Yeah, really, the public don't think that way. No. Yeah. But uh, speaking of which, uh, let's get into the fan questions real quick. Well, that's a three-part question, and it's from Molly Amp. So he asks, what is your favorite A Nightmare on Elm Street film? Which one is the favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film? Yeah, which one is your favorite A Nightmare on Elm Street film? Well, I have two of them, part three and part four. But if I I had to lean toward my favorite which would be, you know, very, very tight. I would lean toward point three. <laughs> Back to three, yes. <laughs> I was in three and four, and I like three and four. That's it. <laughs> well, both films are pretty good. Yeah, except that, you know, I was in there a little long in point three. Yeah, you were. Uh, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was just uh, interesting because both films are almost from the same area. You know, for as far as sequel wise, it's like okay, now there he is again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the second question is: Do you like your character in a Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, yeah, Tommy Kincaid. I, I love Kincaid. I I think the director and the producers and the whole family of the Nightmare um, group they allowed us Dream Warriors to create some wonderful characters, and they trusted me as a talent to create uh, Kincaid mm-hmm. and so and I, and I and I like that you know I don't know if I, most people don't know but I had never seen Nightmare on the Street before I did the film no because uh, some of them when they they go back and watch it and they like if they're going up for the role let's say for example Jason Voorhees and they go back and watch it it's like it like like they like always been said it's like uh Anyone can play as Jason Voorhees, or anyone can play as this character, but can they do it right? Yeah. That's how it is. I mean, with your character, it, it does have that innocence when you watch it. Yeah. And it also has that badass-type attitude as well. So I'll beat your ass. <laughs> it's just... It's so- I think Kincaid was... He was like a, a animal that had been pushed into a corner. Yeah. When you pushed him into a corner, he will fight back. And that's the way I saw... Yeah, you chose the wrong foe, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Sorry. <laughs> All right, the third question is, how can someone get into pictures without a talent scout or manager? Say it again. He asks, how can someone get into pictures without a talent scout or a manager? Without 
without a talent scout? Yeah, without a talent scout or a manager to get in pictures. Um, you basically going to need a uh, an agent or a manager, uh, someone uh, who can um, get you in front of that casting director. But if it's a, but you can also just go find out who is that casting director for that particular film, if it's a film that you want to get out on. And you write them and send them a picture and resume and, you know, and, you know, but you just have to keep working at it. I always maintain, if you love your craft and you really, truly love it, you're going to continue to do it. Just be ready and just keep doing it. And eventually someone is going to see you, but you have to be in the right place, you know, a lot of time. And I I think if you stand in the middle of Dewey Diddy in the mid-America, nobody going to see you no matter how great you are. But you almost have to migrate to where the business takes place. And, you know, and you just keep doing your craft until someone see you and sooner or later someone is going to see you oh yeah man it's just some of the like you go back and look at let's say uh text chainsaw massacre 2 and 3 some of those actors are now on major films like lord of the rings <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it'll happen eventually i mean you just don't uh, end up you know, rejecting the smallest roles ever because if you don't if you reject them every single time you never <laughs> reject a smaller you know i um, a few uh, months ago, I actually saw the first thing that I did on television. It was uh, I, I was an extra. It was a movie called um, Miracle on Ice. It was about ice skaters, and I was an extra in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just did not want to be seen, but I needed the money. <laughs> and so in that particular scene, you could see my little black behind <laughs> looking out of a sea of white people <laughs> and all eyes went right on me and but I remember I made $20 for that oh dude I'm so gonna rent that $20 I don't know where it's at but I will so get that dude and you're gonna sign it <laughs> I think I'm on the screen every bit a second and a half it sounds like you got more role play than the entire than skaters. And, and there was more people that knew that recognized me from from Atlanta, which is where I'm from, <laughs> than I can count. And I and it was another movie called Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger back when he was uh, was a twin, uh, and I forgot. Dan, and Danny DeVito. Oh yeah. And I was in Hollywood. I was going somewhere. And I didn't know that they were filming on the street. And so I was just walking down the street, minding my own business. And there I am in this movie, walking right behind Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And and when that movie came out, I got a lot of people calling me and saying, I saw you in the movie. And I played (laughs) it off by saying, oh, they cut my role off. They cut my role out. You know, because I was so embarrassed. But hey. I was like, no, they didn't cut it out. I dropped my coffee. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying this to say, you know, you just have to keep doing. And just, and you know, if if people,
people tell you they have the key to getting in the business, they don't know because if they had the key, they either be rich and selling it. <laughs> yeah. But they don't know. No, man. It's like they're the ones telling you this, but yet it's somehow uh, you make the eventually make the big bucks and they don't. <laughs> it's hanging in. Well, I mean, they're the ones not not actually getting the money because they're the ones behind the desk, and you're out there busting your balls. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's uh, what do you think about films going toward the 3D now? I, you know, I, I've seen a couple and I like them, but the most part, I I just want to go and watch a movie without having to put on another pair of glasses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's great for kids for the kid films. It, they're awesome, yeah. but when a film tries to transfer their uh, film actually into 3D, it doesn't look that great. I think I, I heard rumors that they was going to try to next year go back and go through all the nightmare movies and put them in 3D. <laughs> yeah, and probably open them up in theaters or something. So I have yeah. no clue. But I know that uh, I think they just started putting all of the Nightmare movies on uh, Blu-ray now. Oh yeah, I know they're they've been on DVD for quite a while, and I almost had a chance to buy the box set, but it was like almost well, fifty bucks. <laughs> uh, in Blu-ray? No, this was like on DVD. They had a box set. It had a box set, but now they are doing them in Blu-ray. Um, um, so that's a whole new set that's about to come out. Are you? Is it anything special, or do, do you, are you actually on one of those, or is it just? They just did part three. Oh, okay. They just did part three. They haven't did four yet, but they just did part three. Because I figured they'd just re-release it just onto that format. Because some of them just have uh, are a little bit different than the actual DVD. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, you think three D is more of a problem, or do you think it's actually going to be you know more doable for say? I think it's going to have its place. I certainly think it's going to have its place because, uh, you know, and just let's face it, you know, when you go to the theaters now, you have choices. You can go see it in 3D and you can go see it regular. And I think for a lot of the uh, younger generation, they want to see 3D. They, you know, they they don't want to work their imagination that much. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like instead of sitting your ass in front of the TV when you were a kid, oh, you know, go to watch go watch it in 3D. Here, here's the glasses. Get the hell out of my face. Yeah, you know, so I, I think it has its place, and you know, and you can't change that. You either accept it or move on, you know. Yeah, it's, it, of course, you know, the, the one of it's a problem, but it's not a problem at the same time. It's you know the whole CGI. Yeah. <laughs> and now a lot of films are going to 3D, and you know, some of them were all right, and but as I said, it's more for kids for kid films like Rango, and Happy Feet, and you know such such films like that. I didn't like it in 3D. You didn't? No, I didn't <laughs> like it in 3D. Yeah, so, you know, I, I was quite happy with uh, just seeing well, regular, but hey. Well, you were happy watching the film, but your feet left the theater. Yeah. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't do that too much to me. <laughs> but before I go, can I tell you about uh, my uh, walk that I'm doing? Oh, yeah, speaking of which, um, before we get to that real quick, uh, go ahead and uh, get... A little bit back into your new projects real quick. Uh, what's what's happening again? Uh, are you directing further in, with, with these well, projects? I'm, I'm getting ready to direct a play, but I also just completed a 
a film called Brother White. Huh? I think it's due out in March. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's going to be unlimited in the, uh, in the, in the theaters, and then it's going to uh, television. It may become a series. Oh, rock on. Oh, Brother White, and it's basically a drama comedy, and uh, it's the story about this white minister who becomes a pastor at this mega church in the South. So it has some very funny moment, moments in it. And I play one of the deacons and hmm. uh, the, uh, also a head of the uh, engineering department at the church. So it's really funny piece. Um, has a nice cast with uh, Jack A. Harry, Genevieve Johnson, and, hmm. um, and uh, David White. Of a really nice cast of talent that's going to be in it. Oh, rock on. Um, you know, um, so that coming out and um, in March, as everyone knows, if they go on to Facebook, they know that I'm passionate about supporting young people and buying them books and supplies when they go to school and sending kids to camp during the summer. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm going to do is that I'm going to walk in the Los Angeles Marathon. And um, I'm asking all my horror friends and family to, you know, help me out by pledging 20 cents, 25 cents a mile. And uh, all you're doing is giving up basically the French fries at McDonald's that day. <laughs> so, you know, and my goal is to raise between thirty and $50,000. I can get everybody all over the world just pledge 25 cents a mile. Now, I'm also going to name each mile after a horror villain. Oh, rock on. So with mile 26 being Freddy Krueger, so I got to walk through all those villains to get to Freddy Krueger and will be able to go online and see where I am doing the walk. So you can't say I'm sitting my ass at home <laughs> and not walking. <laughs> it's going to take me about eight hours, but I'm going to walk it. Now, I'll be there with the camera. This is the reality. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we will have dramatic effects. Someone throw water in his face. That would be nice. And a rock. That would be nice. But you know, <laughs> it would be good if you throw it in my face in front of me so I can and, and, and run to get your ass on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but yes, that's, but that's my passion. Uh, everybody that can reach out to me on uh, Facebook, and I will give them more information. That, by the way, for people that don't know, that is me on Facebook, and I I do get on and I do talk sometimes. Sometimes I'm very busy, for, but for the most part, I do try to talk to everybody who say something to me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Ken will be back on the show once... Uh, all the projects are all in place, or even if he has a new one, or if he ever finishes the marathon. I will finish the marathon. <laughs> but I would be back just before the marathon so I can be begging for my 25 cents a mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, then, guys. It was nice talking with you. There guys. you go. Ken Sago's actor, as well as a writer, as well as a director, amongst many things, played in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. And I thank you very much.